Amen. Well, welcome once again to the fourth week of Advent. Today we're going to be talking about the Advent of joy. So if you have your Bibles or you have your phones, would you turn to the book of Isaiah, the prophet Isaiah, chapter 5, verse 10. How many of you would agree that Christmas isn't always uh, festive? It's not always a celebratory season for everyone. You know, a time of celebration, of joy, of gift giving, of, happy, of happiness, sometimes for all of us in one season of our lives, it becomes a time of a mourning and grief and sadness and loss. I mean, if you think about the holidays that are supposed to be celebratory, in fact, it turns and it transforms into something that is painful and heartbreaking. If you think about uh, Father's Day, right? Uh, it's supposed to be a time to honor our father, but if you grew up with an absentee father, if you grew up with an abusive dad, that that's, this time of honoring then becomes bitter and resentful because of your past experiences. Something that's supposed to uplift actually brings you down. Or maybe something like Mother's Day where we celebrate uh, mothers and we honor our mothers. It becomes uh, a painful time because maybe of infertility or of dreams deferred of not being able to conceive and have children of your own. Um, especially much more for Christmas. I mean, you got decorations all around. I know Hawaii Kai Town Center, they had the big old Christmas tree, Kahala Mall, they have that the poinsettia Christmas tree. Uh, they have Christmas carols on the radio. They have decorations. You know, you, as soon as uh, at the day after Thanksgiving, Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas for You is blaring everywhere. We have holiday movies, but something that's supposed to be uplifting and a time of celebration and joy becomes a, pain of, uh, a point of pain and heartache and loss, whether it's the absence of loved ones that you miss, or maybe it's the heartache of broken relationships, the toll of uh, chronic suffering, or the unending battle against sin, it's not uncommon to the end of the year to end on a weary and joyless note. But I have good news for you this morning. As the old Christmas carol says, the weary world rejoices. If you're tired, if you're weary, and maybe, you know, Christmas, I don't know for you, but for me, it doesn't seem like Christmas this year with just the pace of everything that's happening around us. Um, there is good news and there is hope and there is joy in the person and the work of Jesus. Let's look to our text in Isaiah chapter 35, verse 10. And the ransomed of the Lord shall return and come to Zion with singing. Everlasting joy shall be upon their heads, and they shall obtain gladness and joy, and sorrow and sighing shall flee away. This is the word of the Lord. Let's pray. Father, your word says that uh, the grass withers, the flowers fade, the flowers fall, but the word of the Lord, it endures forever. So Lord, we thank you, Lord, right now, 
that what we're hearing is eternal, that the Word of God is sharper than any two-edged sword, that it cuts through bones and marrows, that it cuts through hardness of heart, it cuts through unbelief, it cuts through um, a rebellion. And Lord, as we hear your word right now, I pray that our hearts will be fertile ground to receive your word. And upon receiving it, Lord, I pray that we would do them, that we'd be not just be passive hearers, but we'll be active doers of the Word of God so that we could become more like you, Jesus, in everything that we do. We love you. We worship you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You know, nestled between two chapters of Isaiah 34 and 36, is our text, Isaiah 35. Now, in between uh, 35, in, verse, in chapter 34, it's infused with joy and hope for God's weary and tired people. Because in chapter 35, where we get our text that God promises joy for His people and that we shall have rejoicing and singing, uh, chapter 34 actually it's a pronouncement of ju God's judgment upon all nations, including Israel. So in other words, you've heard me say this a thousand times, right? That when we study the Bible, context plus content equals what? Meaning. Context plus content equals meaning. What is the meaning of this verse? Well, the context is in, in chapter 34, the people of God are coming unto judgment and because of their idolatry, because of their compromise, because of their rebellion against God and how they practiced syncretism, where they mixed in the worship of the one and only true God with worship of other gods, whether it's Baal or Molech, right, where they have the Asherah poles, they mixed it in, they fused it in with God. Because of that, there's a judgment upon the nations of the world. But here's judgment 34, 35, a promise of joy and hope and restoration. And chapter 36, then boom, Israel gets invaded. Specifically, Judah is invaded by King Sennacherib of Assyria. You guys catch this? Pronouncement of judgment, promise of joy, and actual invasion of Judah. The southern part, remember the kingdom of Israel split into two, the north and the south, that Assyria actually overtakes them. Context plus content. What is the content? That God promises joy in the midst of heartache. That the author of life who does not break his promises, he gives us his word that he will restore us as his ransom people and that he is going to give us joy when we return home. That when we experience a second exodus, there is going to be great joy for each one of us. There, for the ransom people of God, there's a promise of joy even in the midst of suffering and loss. Even as they're about to experience the pain and consequences of their own sin, God extends a promise. And what's His promise? It won't always be this way. The great theologian Kanye West, in his song, Praise God, it's trending on TikTok, on TikTok right? Where uh, the lady comes out with a voice, 
even if you're not ready for the day, it will, it cannot always be night. Even if you're not ready for the day, it will always not be night. In other words, one of the battle cries of the Reformation is this. It's in Latin, post tenebrum lux. What does that mean? After darkness, there's light. So in the midst of darkness, of suffering, of heartache, and loss, the people of God can still have joy because of the promise of God and the person of who God is. And here is the main point that I want us to live out uh, this morning as we talk about the advent of joy. Would you write this down? There is joy in the midst of darkness because of the promise and the person of Jesus. That's so good. Let me say that again. There is joy in the thick, in the middle of darkness and agony and judgment and pain because why? Of the promise of God and the person of God in Christ Jesus. You know, I want to be completely and perfectly honest with you. I want to be transparent and vulnerable. But preaching this message has been an absolute struggle. I've been grappling. I've been praying. I've been studying. I delayed um, preaching this message about two, two days straight. Because how do I find joy in leading myself? leading my wife, leading my kids, leading my marriage, leading this church during the season of grief and loss. Just this past week on Thursday, one of my mentors, a good friend of mine for over 15 years at Encounter Church, Pastor Alex Michelle, during Thanksgiving weekend, he was out on a jog. He was hit by an e-bike had head injuries. Two days later on Sunday morning, he passed away and we celebrated and we mourned the loss of his life. And it was a three hour church service. I won't even say it's a funeral, but it's a three hour church service. And I cried constantly for three hours because God um, gave me a, a vision of what it means to to finish well and to lead well. I lost a personal friend. I lost a mentor, a fellow pastor, a co-laborer in Christ. And I'm supposed to go up here in front of the camera, go in front of the church and talk about joy while I'm experiencing grief. I mentioned this before that the home that we've been staying at the last nine years, we have to move out of there by April 2022. This will be our last Christmas at our home in Kulio'o, where we raised our kids, where Ezra was born, where we put a trampoline in the back, where we put a basketball court in the driveway. We are grieving this season and mourning of what once was. And we're in this, we're in this in-between state where we don't know where we're going to live yet. But we're trusting God. We're grieving, we're mourning, and we're supposed to, now I'm supposed to preach about joy? Like Renee's family that stayed and helped us plant the church, they moved back to California. One of our closest friends, best friends, 12 years here, 
January next month in in Hawaii, they are moving. 12 years of friendship and gospel partnership and they're they're moving to another state. You know, our family van broke down. The head gasket went out and we had to sell the car for parts. And we're grieved that we even lost our dog, you know, not our dog didn't die, but our dog, um, our family dog moved to, we, we shipped him back to California so that there's um, back to um, my mother-in-law, Annie. So if you see all these aspects of just hurt and pain and suffering and loss, not even, not to mention even how the church was before COVID. Before COVID, we had two services on Sunday morning where we put AC in there, where our church was thriving, that we were growing, we were reaching the community, our, our fine, we were financially healthy and COVID happened. And now only 40% of the church have come back to church. And I'm grieving the season of what once was. But now I have to talk and preach and live out of this place of joy. How can I experience joy in darkness, in the darkness of the soul of grief and disappointment? Well, the good news, as I said, is that there is joy in the midst of darkness because of the promise and the person of Jesus. Number one, so that's easy for us to remember, is that the promise of joy for God's ransomed people. There's a promise of joy in God's ransomed people. Let's go back to our text in Isaiah chapter 35, verse 10. And the ransomed of the Lord, me and you, the people of God, redeemed by His blood, the ransomed of the Lord shall what? Return and come to Zion with singing and everlasting joy and shall be upon their heads and they shall obtain gladness and joy and sorrow and sighing shall flee away. God's people would turn and they would go back and return to Zion, meaning Israel would leave their exile in Babylon and that they would come back to Jerusalem. Why would they come back? Because they had been ransomed. That God had provided a way, paid a debt. In the Old Test, in the Exodus, the first Exodus, it was through the ransom or the price of the firstborn of the Egyptian sons, how the angel of God passed over. That was the first ransom in the first Exodus. But now, there's a promise, even while they're in captivity, remember, they go into Babylon for 70 years. There are conquered people in a foreign land, learning a different pagan, heathenistic culture, and they thrived, how and why? Because of the promise of God, that the promise of God sustained them. In the days of Moses, God had redeemed them by the blood of the Lamb, by his but, and by his mighty hand, he secured their exodus from Egypt. But in this passage, he promises to redeem them in the second exodus. That despite their sin, God didn't give up on them. They were still his redeemed people. And because God promises joy, 
sighing would soon be put away and, and sorrow would give way through or to joy. Look at this um, theme of joy later on, 20 chapters later in Isaiah chapter uh, 51, verse 11. It says, those the Lord has rescued, what happens? They will return. God will restore. Amen. They will enter Zion with singing. Everlasting joy will crown their heads. Gladness and joy will overtake them. And sorrow and sighing will flee away. Listen, church. Sometimes, sometimes, all you got to hold on to is the promise. The promise of a soldier marrying his bride, going off into war, promising that he would come back home safely. Sometimes in the midst of darkness, in the midst of trials and tribulations, all you, you, all you and I can hold on to is the promise. Promise of a mother to her children. Promise of a daughter or a son to her, to their, to her parents, to his parents say, hey, I'm, I, I promise to go back to, co go to college and, and be a responsible adult and, and do well as an adult. When all you got is the promise, what matters most, listen, when all you got is the promise, sometimes what matters most is the person that is giving you the promise. When you're surrounded by darkness and disappointment and you've been given a promise and the promise you hold on to that there is a promise of restoration, you'll go back to Jerusalem, you'll go back as a people of God. Sometimes the most important thing is not so much the promise, but what? Who? The promise maker. And who gives this promise? God himself. Church. Trust in the veracity of God. Trust in the fact that God is true to his word. Trust in the God who cut a covenant before Abraham saying, I, I will, I who am eternal, I am who I am, I was who I was, I will be who I will be. God who is atemporal, outside of time, he is willing to to die in order to fulfill his covenant or his promise to Abraham. Let me ask you baseball buffs, um, who has the highest batting average in major league history? Dun, 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 dun. Don't look it up on Google. Answer is Ty Cobb. You know what, what was his uh, BA, his batting average? His batting average was 0.366 which means about 30% of the time he hits the ball and gets a hit. Whether it's a single, double, triple, or home run, he hits the ball for a hit. Just earlier this week, Steph Curry, right? What, widely known as the GOAT. What is the GOAT? Greatest of all time. Greatest of all time as a shooter, right? He broke down, he broke the most three-pointers in history, in NBA history. You know what his three-point percentage is? The highest of all time? 43%. 43.1%. Meaning, over 67% of the time, he misses. The greatest of all time, he misses more than half the time. Let me tell you something, church. 
God bats a thousand. He never misses. He never strikes out. He never makes a mistake. He never hits a foul ball. God shoots 100% of the shots that he makes. God has a perfect track record of faithfulness to sustain you in the dark times. And as you're going through the darkness of your soul, maybe you lost a child, maybe you, you lost a home through bankruptcy or foreclosure, maybe you've lost an, uh, a severed relationships, maybe there's some irreconcilable irre differences that you've gone through, you're going through the pain of divorce, you're going through the pain of being a single parent, God is faithful to His Word. When all you have is His promise, hold on to the promise keeper who is God. He is faithful. He will sustain you. He will, he will uphold you with His righteous right hand. God is not a, a sleazy car salesman who overpromises and underdelivers. God is not an unscrupulous politician who promises one thing and does the exact opposite. He is willing and he is able. And listen, church, here you, if you're taking down notes, hear this out. You write this down. The Holy Spirit is downloading this on me that God is equally present in darkness as he is in light. The Lord is equally present in times of scarcity as he is in times of abundance. Every season of your life, God is good. God is faithful. God promises alpha, omega, first, last, beginning, and the end. Everywhere in between, God is good. And he promises to give you joy. There's darkness now but light will come. One of the things that, you know, Renee and I had um, experienced on our honeymoon in Maui was uh, going to Haleakala, waking up at three in the morning, going through, we had to wear a sweater and a jacket in Hawaii, going through a shuttle bus, driving up Haleakala mountains, and it was completely dark. But all of a sudden, in the midst of darkness, there was light. And in the midst of our darkness, God promises joy. So number two, would you write this down? The person of joy for God's ransom people. Not only does God promise joy, but He is going to give of Himself the person of joy embodied in Himself in Jesus. You guys notice that the announcement birth of Jesus, it always responds and the reaction is always joy. Matthew chapter 2, verse 10. When they saw the star, meaning the wise men or the magi, they rejoiced with exceedingly great joy. And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. The Bible is replete with the word joy. More than 200 times in our English Bible, the word joy occurs. But the word great joy, the Greek word there is mega, right? 
mega joy, ultimate joy, only happens a handful of times. Now, great joy is, where, is rare and it's very climactic. In 1 Kings chapter 1, at the anointing of David's own son as his successor at the height of Israel, it says, and Israel and David was filled with great joy. In 2 Chronicles chapter 30, verse 26, at, at the restoration of the Passover after generations, hundreds of years, decades of years of neglect, when Nehemiah builds the wall, there was great joy among the people. Joy is the stuff of every day, but listen, great joy is kept for the highest of moments. Other than Matthew and Luke's mention of great joy at Jesus' birth, both Gospels celebrate great joy at the resurrection of Jesus and the ascension of Jesus. Matthew chapter 28, verse 8, and Luke chapter 24, verse 52. In Luke chapter 2, verse 10, it says, And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy. You guys catch that? great joy that will be for all the people for unto you is born this day in the city of david a savior who is christ the lord god is so serious about your joy god is so serious about his promise god is so serious about his glory that he himself stepped into this world became man to identify with us. So Hebrews says that we have a high priest that can empathize with us in every way. If you feel forsaken, if you feel abandoned, if you feel rejected, if you feel hunger and pain and loss and disappointment and grief, the darkness of your soul Jesus has experienced that. He, he also says, with great joy, he counted it all so that he could bring us new life in him. And so I want to pray for us, church. Pray that the advent, the coming of joy would be a reality for you and for me. That it would go from our head from head knowledge that it would we would experience it deep into our hearts that the promise of the joy giver and the promise maker in God is available to you and to me as his ransomed redeemed people and secondly the person of joy for his ransomed people is in Christ Jesus would you receive him this morning let him in to your hearts. Revelation says, Behold, I stand at the door and I knock. Would you let the great joy of the universe, the great joy, ultimate joy in God, renew you and fill you this Christmas season? Let's go ahead and pray. Father, we love you, we honor you, and we worship you this morning. And we do ask right now for a great joy. Lord, we don't have any rose-colored glasses we're not absent from reality. We acknowledge the pain and the loss that we've gone through. Not just because of COVID, but everything else. The 
personal, the spiritual, the emotional, the financial loss, relational loss that we've gone through, a grief and disappointment. I pray, Lord, that in these darkness that you would bring forth your light. Lord, I pray that you would meet your people right where we're at and that we would experience the joy of the Lord. And Lord, I pray that you would fill us this Christmas season, that we would finish 2021 well, that we could see the faithfulness of God in everything that we do. We love you. We honor you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 All right, you guys. Well, thank you so much for joining us. the fourth week of Advent. If you're able, we would love to see you 5 p.m., 5 o'clock for our Christmas Eve in-person service. Don't forget, invite friends for our candlelight um, Christmas Eve service. The Lord bless you. The Lord keep you. The Lord make his face, upon, his face shine upon you, and he'll be gracious to you. God bless you guys. We love you. Have an amazing week. Take care.